Welcome to We Be Watching, where we break down our favorite and sometimes not so favorite films and TV shows. I'm Brittany Danielle, writer, pop cultural critic, and excited to talk about this episode. And hey, I'm Raja, comic book connoisseur and TV and film enthusiast. It's kind of late, but I'm on. All right. And today we are here to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, season one, episode two. Um, But before we get into that, just know that we are going to be spoiling the whole episode. So if you have not seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two, put a pause in this podcast, go watch the episode and then come back and hang out with us. In the meantime, if you find us on social media at We Be Watching Pod on Twitter and Instagram, feel free to hit us up. You can talk to us about shows. You can talk to us about whatever you're watching, including and definitely Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Queen Sugar, which is another podcast I'm hosting with my homegirl, Sharon. So, you know, just hit us up and give us some suggestions about what we should be watching next. Again, if you're listening on whatever platform it is, we definitely appreciate you. But if you're on Apple, hit us with that good five star and leave us a a kind note. It helps us to continue to spread the word about the podcast. All right, Raja, before we get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what else are you currently watching? Well, let's see. Uh... I just watched, uh, what is it, Bad Trip on Netflix, uh, Lil Rel and, what is it, Eric Andre, uh, Tiffany Haddish, you know. Yo, that shit is is bugging. <laughs> that shit is crazy. We watched it together, No, right? we didn't. We did not. <laughs> Do not claim that. We did not. I watched it, and it was, it was crazy. Actually, it was very uh, unique because the way it was filmed – it's a straight up like a uh, compilation of pranks, you know, <laughs> and they're doing some like crazy antics, you know, basically getting people. And after the fact, after the, you know, during the credits, they actually show, you know, when they reveal what they were doing, like the people's reactions and all of that. So it all comes in together in a nice, uh, crazy adventure for Eric Andre, uh, Lil Rel. And then Tiffany Haddish. So um, if you haven't checked it out, I would suggest doing it. Um, If you like Eric Andre, he has a very particular type of comedy where it's very physical, you know, breaking stuff, you know, falling, busting his ass, um, at times getting naked. Um, It's it's raunchy. There is, there's, there's a lot going on. Eric Andre is like very over the top, if I had to describe him. Um, on top of the fact that they're pranking people with the scenes, you know, so they don't know what's going on, but they have this whole story and it meshes together to have a complete story as they're going on this adventure from, uh, what is it, Florida to New York. Uh, he saw the girl of his dreams from like elementary school or something like that walk in and they conversated. She said she's actually leaving to go back to New York. She's um, a curator for an art museum in New York. And she basically invites him to come through anytime and that she'll show him around and everything. So he he and Little Rail, uh, they still 
Lil Rel sister's car, which is called Bad Bitch. It's a pink for Crown Vic, right? Are you giving away the whole plot? Like, just chill. People, if people want to watch it, they can watch it and learn the plot. We literally just said spoiler alert. So, no spoiler alert for Falcon. Well, you didn't specify. All right, man, we need to move this right along. All right. So, give a little preview of the movie. Yeah. So, Eric Andre, Lil Rel, you know, they're best friends, basically. Uh, They go on this like road trip. And it is it's crazy. And the people that they run into, which are actually regular people um, who don't know what's going on. Um, and it, get, it gets pretty wild, you know. So I would I would say check it out. It's a very uh, it's crazy. It's zany. Um, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into Eric Andre, you'll definitely like it. I'm not sure if he is, you know, well known like that, but he's he's crazy. He's bananas, actually. So, Take a gander. All right. So you've been watching Bad Trip. And I've been discovering, and it's super late, but I've been discovering Superstore. I watched a bunch of different shows on Hulu. And Superstore is one of the shows that, for whatever reason, it always suggests. And I always see this. I, I used to always see this clip of... I don't know, a a break room discussion and they're talking about, you know, racism in America. And it's like, oh, how so-and-so does a black accent whenever she's talking to black people. And it's like this blonde white woman. And she was like, that's how you go do me. And so I was like, oh, that looks funny. So I started watching specifically at that particular episode, which is in this final season of Superstore season six. I think it's like episode six, season six, episode six. And I thought that was hilarious the way that they handled the pandemic, the way that they handled, you know, the reinvigorated Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I thought it was super on point, but also funny at the same time. And I got drawn in as at the middle of season six to the end. And I finished the last episode, which Superstore ended last week, which I think was like March 25th. And so that was the last episode. And I cried. Like I cried like I had been on this journey with these people. And I had only literally seen six episodes. And it still it still got me. So if you have a moment, if you want to like watch something funny. Shut up. If you want to watch something funny and like lighthearted and yet topical, hit up Superstore on Hulu. All right, y'all. That's what we've been watching. But we definitely know why you're here. We know that many of you are here for our coverage of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, Raja, what were your initial thoughts about this particular episode? It actually moved uh, pretty quickly from where we left off in episode one, but I pretty much figured that would happen, you know, with the big reveal at the end of episode one. So, you know, with seeing uh, Falcom, Falcom, <laughs> Falcom, Jamal, Jamal Warner. Ah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> seeing Falcon, Jamal Warner. It took me a minute to come off mute, but that was that was good. <laughs> what? Finally, finally, ain't no, a good ain't one. no fire. Yes. Got good ones all the time. Falcon, bang bang, they're coming out. Falcon Jamal, Falcon Jamal Warner up in here. Um, we got, you know, he finally links up with Bucky. You know, Bucky shows up or whatever. 
um, and things just progressed from there. I thought it was a good uh, pacing in the in the episode, and it enlightened, or I should say, it shed light on a few things uh, in the direction that I guess we are going in. And there's some, you know, things that are definitely being revealed, not to the extreme degree, but it's still kind of laying laying some groundwork. And I thought I thought it was a, a solid episode, just as the first one. And the pacing at this point is 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 right on time. So and right on point. Uh, how about yourself? I don't know how people feel about it, but. I definitely said it took me two tries to get through the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just coming off of WandaVision and WandaVision being so different and being so interesting and this one being so typical. It took me a minute, but I enjoyed episode two and I think I enjoyed it because, like I said in the last podcast, like I'm here for Bucky and Sam as people. And I think whenever we get to get them as people and not necessarily superheroes, like, oh, they're trying to stop this train or these people or what, like, I don't care about that. But I'm here for them as individuals. And so that's the part that I really enjoyed about this episode. Um, You were right. You called it. You said uh, we might get them together in the next episode. And shout out to Malcolm Spellman. He didn't waste any time. It wasn't any sort of like, oh, we need a whole backstory to rewrite Sam and Bucky. It was like, boom, they were together from jump. I was right. I'm usually always right. You were right this time. All right, Raja. Uh, We know what our initial thoughts were, but what were some things that stood out to you in this episode? Well, the fact that they, you know, they meet up right out the gate, which I, I guess you can say that's expected, being that they both saw the big production of the revealing of the new <laughs> Captain America and, you know, low budget cap, you know. So, of course, they would have to meet up. And, you know, Bucky is very perturbed about Sam, you know, not taking the shield and just basically giving it up, like, you know, basically throwing it away, being that cap literally chose him and bestowed upon him the shield, which is like Bucky right. says to him later in the, um, in the episode, like, this is more than just cap. It's this, this is his legacy. The shield is his legacy, you know? And it was just very interesting. Actually, the I really liked how they paid a lot of attention to the dialogue between uh, Bucky and and Sam, you know, and just the dialogues with everyone surrounding the situation and the circumstances that occur. Um, there is a lot of attention pay, uh, paid to that, to the right, like with the writers, I guess you can say, as opposed to, you know, the action is going to be the action regardless. Uh, but even while they are in the moments of action, they're still talking, you know? So it does also enlighten us as to the dynamic between Sam and Bucky and then any other character that is incorporated in the action as well. And, you know, it's that whole, uh, what, uh, Hobbs and Shaw type of, of interpersonal, you know, relationship, you know, Starsky and Hutch, you know, that kind of... Like a, like a buddy comedy. Right, right. So, and you can tell that they both, they both have love for each other, 
being that they were Cap's friends, you know, Bucky being his best friend from way back in the, <laughs> in what, the, the 20s, basically the 30s. And then Sam, you know, once Cap was revived, them becoming close and him being right next to Captain America when all the, the shit hit the fan and everything and uh, Civil War and all of that. So it's, it's, it's written quite well, I should say. Uh, as Bucky mentions Isaiah Bradley and they take a visit to his home, um, being that he's the only one that knows about him and, of course, the U.S. government. But no one else knew. You know, Sam doesn't know. Captain America didn't know. No one knew outside of Bucky, uh, Hydra and the U.S. government. And, of course, it's a very riveting scene because, you know, there's some pain and anguish that is there when it comes to Isaiah Bradley and everything that he went through uh, being incorporated into the super soldier program at some point, um, which is reminiscent of, you know, the whole Tuskegee experiments in real life. And, you know, he, he suffered basically. And Sam, of course, his reaction of, you know, first there's the not knowing of it. And then, seeing that it's a black man who, you know, was also a super soldier and then hearing his, you know, his, his anguish about the whole ordeal that pretty much is, I know that's going to play out as the series goes on I hope and so. that's going to definitely affect, you know, Falcon and get, you know, I guess him being more enlightened or him being more, uh, woke. Yeah. I, I guess you can, you can use that. When it comes to the shield being that he's also a black man, you know, right. so it was, you know, it, those those uh, moments and scenes, even the things that surrounded, like, you know, with the cops showing up and all of that stuff. It was just like, OK, like this yeah. is this is like kind of it's, it's well written. It's it's definitely hammering home that. Uh, the Black Falcon, as the little kid calls him, right. when, they're, when they're going when they're going to Isaiah's house, is definitely hammering home that race is a factor in this world. And you know, even if because this is Disney Plus, it's not explicitly said like, oh yeah, such and such is racist, like Hydra or whatever. The U.S. government, the the government, right, right, because okay, <laughs> the because ones who you experimented. Yes, you mentioned the Tuskegee experiment, but just a quick uh, breakdown, I guess. The Tuskegee experiment was a quote unquote study about the effects of syphilis, and to do this, they use hundreds of black men who some had syphilis, some did not. And for those black men who did have syphilis, they didn't offer any sort of medical care to treat it. They just, they were claiming they were offering care, but they weren't. So it was just like, let's see how you die. And then when you die, we're going to use your, your body for, for science, basically. And so the Tuskegee experiment ran from 1932 to 1972, which is not that long ago. And it encompassed hundreds, like I said, of black men. And for those black men who had syphilis and didn't know it and also weren't getting treated for it, they just allowed their wives uh, to get it. 
and also children. So if your wife got it, you had it, your wife had a baby, that baby was born with syphilis. So, you know, it it was a terrible time. And the descendants of that experiment, because the 70s, like my parents were alive then, Um, you know, a lot of people's parents were alive then, a lot of people's siblings, my brother and Raj's brother were born in the 70s. Yeah, my dad was actually in the military at that point. Yeah, so it's like, it's not that far ago. And so for them to incorporate this storyline, I'm wondering as someone who's not, you know, I'm not the comic book person, I'm wondering two things, right? Like, are we going to see Isaiah Bradley again? That's one. And my other thing is, if we don't see him, is this just an opportunity for viewers of this series to wrestle with Sam's sort of reckoning with becoming Captain America? I feel like this is in service of him finally taking the shield, maybe at the end of this season, so then we can transition into whatever movie is coming next and he's Captain America. I think it's going to be both, actually. Um, Like, they're not going to introduce this character and not have him play a larger role in, I guess, in the overall theme with Sam, Um, on top of the fact that, you know, we already know Sam is wrestling with that ideal of giving up the shield and then the, the repercussions now with someone new Right. Um, having the shield and that he nor Bucky approve of. Right. That part as well. And and, I mean, we can get to that a little bit later, but like, and homeboy is trying to flex at the end. And I'm like, you didn't not. Right. Which is like his character is more of a, how can I put it? He's more of an extreme. He's a villain. Well, yes. In in the comic books, he he becomes, he's more of a anti-hero but he does some heinous things. He likes to hurt people, you know. Uh, so he is Homelander from The Voice. I wouldn't go that far because he actually, you know, he tries to atone for his past doings or the way they wrote him. He tries to atone for his past doings and this and that um, in various books. But ultimately, he's a character that really didn't have a place. Right. Um, they were trying to test whether or not there's room for someone taking up the mantle of Captain America. And they found out that there really isn't. He's giving me Homelander vibes, but... No, nah, Homelander is atrocious, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't even have a conscience. Yeah, I know that Disney Plus is not on, you know, shout out to the boys. Boys Hive over here, when they come back, we're going to be covering it. Yes, but... This guy is still, I know he's not as extreme as Homelander uh, because Homelander is sort of a sociopath, I guess. Definitely. Maybe not not even sort of, like he's just straight (laughs) up sociopathic and he would, he would literally sacrifice anybody, including his child. If you season two catch up, because again, we're, I'm I'm going to be watching it and talking about the boys. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it here on this podcast. But anyway, um, this dude is, he seems like he wants to do the right thing. But he, at the end, he the has end, the capacity. But at the end of the episode, he's just like full heel Stay turn. Stay out of my way. And- yeah, it's like he, he went on a heel turn, which was depressing. Right. And plus he has the backing of the U.S. government with him so he can 
flex a little bit harder than most. Before we get into him, can we talk a little bit about, or or do you know anything about, since you're the comic person, Battlestar, the black dude? Um, insignificant. Is he? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, yeah. He's not a I, huge character I looked character him up. He's like a character. Come on. Yeah, he's Lamar a character, Hoskins? but I mean, he was never like this, you know, I, I never followed him like that. He wasn't even, he's more of a, um, like a sidekick type of character than anything. But yeah, I mean, I'm, he, whatever. Okay. So you're saying he's <laughs> you know a black that. sidekick and I'm saying, I'm wondering if they're going to, if this is a, you know, kind of like Iron Man. Like, no, nobody no, was really not, not like Iron Man, but nobody, you know, pre Marvel resurrecting the universe and establishing it. It wasn't like these were the characters people knew. So, like, maybe Battlestar could be a character that was somewhat insignificant, according to you. But then in the films, he could like blossom. I, I doubt it. No, he's not even he he's barely had lines in this series, actually. One black star of our show. Yeah, he had uh, a conversation with John Walker, his best friend, and that's about it. And then he said, Oh yeah, I'm Battlestar. And that's when Bucky was like, Really? <laughs> like <laughs> and everybody should be saying that as well. Well, because um, Sam was like, Oh, I'm not about to be you you this brother over here and you about man. to be Lamar. And he, that's when he was like, I'm Battlestar. <laughs> he said, really, Lamar? Right, like, <laughs> like I done been to battle with you, and you trying to tell me your name is Lamar Hoskins? Like, oh, okay. My name is, <laughs> right, like, give me more. I need Battlestar, more. Battlestar, bro. Yeah. My name is Battlestar. What? It sounded corny, but I didn't know if Battlestar was, <laughs> you know, as, as, again, as the non-comic book person, I didn't know if Battlestar was, like, somebody, <laughs> like, we Major. could just skip over his character, okay. actually. <laughs> like, he ain't shit. Uh, Good to know. <laughs> just get him out of your mind. Good to know. He's very, very limited. Mind you, these fools don't even have any type of super soldier serum in them in the Which first place. I was like, okay, so what's what's the white dude's name? Chet? Jet? John? John okay, John, John Walker. Walker. My bad. But John Walker, he was throwing and catching that shield. Like, he had super serum, but he don't, you're saying. No, he don't. He's just, first of all, the shield is aerodynamically created in order to do all of that. And as long as you have some type of knowledge of, you know, physics, then you can do it. So you don't need super strength. No, you don't. You don't need super strength. Not at all. So he's just, he's he's more of like the of the top, what, percentile, 1% of peak physical condition as a human. And of course, his accolades in the in the military and his squad and all of that is why he was chosen for the role. Um, he also, you know, followed uh, Captain America and aspired to be him. And that's why he's, you know, he kind of modeled himself after Steve Rogers, basically. In this story, I'm... He he might get the super serum, super soldier serum, and then that will probably go downhill. Um, he kind of actually because he even says when he's talking to them in the in the truck about you know the super soldier serum doesn't have a good track record. No offense, 
but I'm pretty sure he's going to want to utilize that. Being that they're going up against uh, a squad of super soldiers who have, you know, brokered a way to get their hands on some form of the super soldier serum themselves. Um, in the comic books, that's same same thing that happens. He he's the one who he goes to the power broker, the quote unquote power brokers, which consists of I forgot one of the guys' names, but the other guy's name is Curtis Jackson. He said, <laughs> right? So it's it's actually it's like a group of of people, but they're more so you know part of government than anything because you can't just take super soldier serum. And just spread it out. You know, you're you're not going to have that type of influence unless you are tied in with the government some way, somehow. So uh, be prepared to probably see that kind of pan out, whether it's the U.S. government or some other government Mm -hmm. um, or people that infiltrated the government, you know, whether it be Hydra or, you know, well, it kind of seems as if Hydra is going to be the next stop on the um, on the adventure with going to visit Baron Zemo with the whole uh the chessboard, the classic villain scene is like, you know, bad men in jail playing chess and shit. <laughs> like that's what <laughs> I guess it's supposed to mean that, you know, they're very calculating or being that, you know, it takes a, a sort of intellect in order to play chess at your at peak performance, I guess you can say. So it's you know, it's a it's a symbol. Speaking of bad men, I think we're supposed to, again, the Flag Smashers are set up to be the villains so far. Right. They're probably going to be co-opted. I mean, like, but they're not, maybe this is just me and my politics, but like, they're not bad, right? Like, if half of the population of the earth got blipped away, then borders doesn't matter, governments aren't really you know as important it's just about people kind of doing what they need to do to survive right so i get why they would be like nationalities and borders and countries and all that is bs because we have pulled together across these fake borders across these invisible lines and whatever to to help each other survive and i i mean I don't know. What do you make of this plot about the Flag Smashers being the villains? And why do we even need to put these people down if they are, they don't seem to be doing anything bad so far? Well, they're stealing things. I mean, um, even okay. if it's for the the greater, I guess you can say, the people who have been left behind, which are the people who were left on Earth, as opposed to the others who got blipped away. Um, so you know, you have these segments or pockets of populations who basically were cut off from everything. And that's who they're trying to advocate advocate for. My personal take on it is that they, you know, they want to preserve the way of life that was a, I guess you can say, reasonable way of life once half the population was gone. You know, so you don't have government, you don't have, you basically have to govern yourselves, you know, you have to, you know, find resources and utilize that. You have to pretty much come together because there's such a larger threat than, you know, your neighbor. Um, So once everybody comes back, now you have governments and even an organization 
that is specifically set up to reintroduce those who were blipped away back into society. So you have countries reforming and borders reforming and this and that, which I guess if you are to say that that was a good thing when you had so many people, but then people left. So now you're just left to do what you have to do, but then people come back. It's one of those, those air gray areas where it's like, okay, do we, you know, governments want power. So that's what governments are for. So of course they're going to label the flag smashers as insurrectionists, you know, all the, all the names in the, in the, in the book, terrorists, all of that, um, because they don't want to go back to the old ways. Mm -hmm. But now that you have all these people back, it's like, well, we're going to reform and people they're back in their positions and all of that stuff. So you can't just be running around here, uh, running them up basically. Right. So, you know, we, we have to control it. Um, I personally don't think that it's a, I don't think it's either or a bad or good thing. I think they're trying to do what it is that they feel is right. Um, and the governments across the world are trying to do what they feel is right for the greater good, I guess, but good intentions, you know, that paves the way to hell. And I'm pretty sure that at some point their, their cause is, it's going to be warped, I should say. And, uh, they're going to be, they're going to just be basically pawns to someone else, just like everyone else in this, um, in this show. Actually, I just came to thought because John Walker, he's a pawn. He works for the government. He's a good soldier. He's going to do what, you know, the U.S. government tells him. Um, Isaiah Bradley, he was a pawn. He got experimented on. And, and went to prison. You know, went to prison after saving the day. Only freelance people, like they said, are Bucky and, and Sam, you know, so they're not really beloved by their country, <laughs> but they're not hated by their country because of the things that they've done in the past. To Sam save. can't even get a business loan from his country. So, right. That's the other, we completely went away from Sam's sister. We completely went away from uh, Bucky's elderly Asian gentleman friend who, who right. he killed his son. So that's, that's not like a, he he befriended him to try to make amends, I think. To make yeah. amends, yeah. So but we yeah. I think we that's completely gonna completely went away from both of those storylines, at least for this episode. And for a show that only has six episodes, it's like, okay, you can only open so many rabbit holes. Doors. Yeah, you can only open right, so many right. doors or rabbit holes or storylines or whatever because you have to wrap them up in six episodes and you know, with WandaVision, we knew, like, okay, this is a, a portal to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do we know what this this series is sort of an intro to? More so to the uh, Avengers uh, future, future movies and who's going to be a part of that. Possibly the young Avengers, um, because we saw what in WandaVision, her children... And their young Avengers in this uh, series, we see Eli, who is Isaiah's grandson, um, and he's a young Avenger as well. So oh, the one who was like, we'll oh, you don't want to see you, and the, the one door. who was like pushing right. him out. Okay. 
Interesting. Right. So it's possible to see them, you know, they'll get larger roles as we go further down the, um, throughout the phases, I guess you can say, you know, but I think like, like I said earlier, like it's at a good pace because it's not wasting time on, you know, frivolous things like things are going and things are happening, which I believe there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff hitting the fan, you know, in the next episode when they, uh, meet up with Baron Zemo and, you know, try to figure some things out. And then we'll probably pivot back to Isaiah Bradley at some point. And there'll be some type of, I guess, sit down, you know, with between Falcon and, and um, Isaiah, you know, a heart to heart, maybe possibly, right. you know, which will spearhead, you know, Sam taking the, taking really, the shield, uh, taking, taking a mantle. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Because he definitely does take it in the comics. That's one thing that I do know about the comics. Ha Bucky takes it too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we also see that the Flag Smashers have double crossed the Power Brokers, so they must have stolen the you know Super Soldier Serum from the Power Brokers, and instead of you know paying them back or whatever the deal was. Now they're on a run from the power brokers. So this might set them up to be not so much villains, but more so a caveat. And they figure out, okay, what is it that they're actually trying to do? Who's on board? You know, is this actually a bad thing? What is the ethical lines and morality, you know, and values that go along with, you know, their ideals and then see how that pans out for, for the rest of them. But the thing is, it's like, okay, there's super soldier serum just out there, you know, and that's not something that is a thing, you know, up until now. So it's like, who's making it, who, who, who has their hands on it? Who's just giving it to people, you know, and if they are giving it to people, then I'm pretty sure they're giving it to them because it's a distraction for something larger. You know, if you got these super soldiers running around, your your focus is on that as opposed to the bigger bad or the bigger plan of the villain, whoever that may be, as they, you know, manipulate things behind the scenes. So classic uh, villain one on one. Another thing that you hypothesized was that Sam would also be dragged into therapy. You said he needed therapy, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to let you have that one. This was another terrible therapy to like this woman is the worst therapist like on the history of therapists but you know after Bucky gets got by the cops for missing a therapy session (laughs) (laughs) um in some like racial profiling against Sam they they just showed up out of nowhere too Bucky was like you don't know who this is and then the other cop was like, that's the Falcon. And then, you know, they're like, oh, my bad, Sam. Hold on. And then they still got Bucky got. So that was. Yeah, it's like, who does that? Or how does, how would that even transpire in the real world? Like, oh, that's the Falcon. But let's, let's run Bucky, Bucky's. Let's get him up uh, out here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that even work? It doesn't, actually. That's why I thought. That, that scene was kind of weird because first of all, they just rolled up out of nowhere. And then they asked Bucky, sir, are you okay? And it's like, this man is a grown ass man. I've never seen that in my I mean, life. I've never actually experienced that in my life. I've always experienced when I've experienced the cops 
harassing me. I've always been with a woman and they always ask the woman, are you okay, man? Well, have, Never have when you I've been, been with a white man? Yeah. <laughs> Not, shut up. Not like that. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Clearly I know since we're together, but yeah. But um, yeah, like never when have I ever been with, you know, any white guys or, a, you know, a group where it was, you know, me and a white guy or, you know, one of my, I guess, white guy friends, I should say, and cops have come up to me and asked the white guy, like, are you OK? Or even if I was in an altercation of some sort, maybe a verbal altercation with somebody that I knew that was You're white and police showed up. with white people? Man, I've been, I was about to cut some white folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> real talk. Trayvon can attest to this. Uh, you know, so cops roll up. They don't, you know, that, that, that's to me, that's fictitious. Maybe it has happened once. Just not. In the whole world. But not to me. No. So, yeah. Them at the therapy session, though, was. <laughs> Thanks for making it weird. Ridiculous Doc. to me. Like, what was that about? It made it weird for me too. Oh, you want to get close? All right, you you said it. And then Real they like close. scooted. They like what? scooted in <laughs> <laughs> legs together. And, <laughs> like what's happening? It's some old uh, Eric Andre at shit. At the right end here. of the therapy session, like <laughs> nothing happened. It was just like, oh. I hate right. you. I hate you. Let's work. T- let's work together. But I still hate you. Well, I'm gonna uh, disagree with that because Bucky. I mean, they don't. They don't literally hate each other, but it's just like no. But I'm saying that the one thing that comes out of the the therapy session is that Bucky actually says his like he he speaks truth to how he feels, and Sam basically he just dismisses it. You know, because Bucky has gone through way more. Well, he's like a hundred years old, so. Yeah, he's been brainwashed. You know, he's been made to kill people, you know, so he's trying to redeem himself and cap his his best friend. Like, he basically brought him out of that, you know. He's the one who broke through the the brainwashing and brought Bucky back. So with Captain believing in him and then Captain also saying that he believes in Falcon, it's like when he says, like, if he believed in you and you just threw it away, maybe he maybe Cap was wrong and maybe he's wrong about me, too. So it's kind of messing with his emotional state, you know, and Falcon is not really he don't really care <laughs> about that. Like he's not seeing it really for what it is and why. You know, being that he's just like, well, maybe it's just the right, right thing to do. But it's just like, why would be giving up the shield the right thing to do? Because that's a symbol. First of all, you were chosen. You had the opportunity. And naturally, the U.S. government with that, you know, outside of Captain America's uh, influence, then they can do whatever they whatever the hell they want. You know. If you remember correctly, Cap, he was on the run right. from the government. You know, Falcon, they were on the run. They were locked up. Um, you know, Wanda, they was on the run. Scarlett Johansson, um, Black Widow, they were all Boo. on the run. Fugitives, you know, so. Boo and Black Widow. Get out of here. <laughs> Cut that out. 
Because it's thirty dollars. No, no, I just no, I just (laughs) never liked her character. Her or Hawkeye, they're just regular people that I am annoyed by. So Batman's a regular person. Boom, he's annoying too. Batman needs to talk above a whisper. Like I'm tired. That's a Bruce Wayne voice. Like nah, talk above a whisper. Falcon is a regular person. Okay, with wings. I'm here for it. War Machine, I'm here for all the black superheroes. Like, do one, everybody. <laughs> Cut this Boo. shit out. <laughs> nope. Boo on everybody else. <laughs> you are ridiculous. All right, I think we need to uh, wrap this up. Uh, so do you have anything else to say, Brittany, about this? Uh, any predictions? Any uh, theories? You know, any, uh, anything that you would want to see happen. Oh, my back hurts now. Woo. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> um, No, I don't know where this story is going, so I'm just here for the ride. I don't have any predictions or theories or whatever. All right, cool. Well, we're done. How, how about you? I, I just want to see the things pan out. You know, I want to see a conversation between Falcon and Isaiah, um, I want to see Bucky really get his confidence and uh, become a normal person or be able to interact with people normally at some point, you know, in their relationship grow because they are definitely friends. And, you know, that the common denominator is Cap. And I think they're both kind of hurt when it comes to that, too. So, you know, let's see how things pan out. Let's see this Baron Zemo. You know, the uh, the brainwasher of Bucky Hydra, Baron Zemo. Oh, is that what I was? I heard you mention this person, and I was like, yeah. Benzino, Benzino from the main <laughs> men, <laughs> Benzino. <laughs> Don't leave me oh laughing my by myself. Wow, Baron. Uh, no, Benzino from the Made Men is in this. Is in this? No, it's Baron Zemo. Okay, he's okay. from Hydra. He's the one who was, you know, basically controlling Bucky and all of that type of stuff. So they're going to visit him where he is locked up, like Akon, and uh, we'll see what comes out of that. They won't let him out. All right. All right. Shout out to Baron Zemo. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to just call him Benzino because that's how my mind works. All right, Raja. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to add or share or tell the people out there? Um, happy birthday, Kimberly Blackwell, who is turning 54. Wow. Don't put her age out there. But- <laughs> I think I put a little bit much on it, but uh, happy birthday, sis. Happy birthday, Kimberly. Shout out. Uh, Anything else in terms of the show that you want to put out there? No, I'm done. And you're done, too. (laughs) We are both done. All right, y'all. Y'all know what it is. We'll see you next week. And we'll be talking about the next episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but also whatever else we be watching. So until then, uh, I'm Brittany Danielle. I'm Raja. And enjoy yourselves. Yay, yay.